What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode seven of the free podcast. We have a very special guest on today. Guest three, I believe. His name's John, and he is pushing a million followers on TikTok. What's up, man? Dude, what's up? Thank you for having me, Sam. I appreciate you guys uh, bringing me on. Andrew, it's... it's Oh, there we go. Andrew, it's nice to meet you again. And Yeah, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's, it's really cool to see somebody who's approaching a million and seeing that growth over the past even just month is pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a wild ride. Um, TikTok is kind of like the Wild West, so you don't really know what's going to go on. Um, I know, Sam, you just had a video that popped off. I Honestly, I believe any content creator should be on TikTok right now just because of the, the massive growth that you know, you can get. Absolutely. I mean, the algorithm is just way too good to pass up. So, you know, you're pushing almost a million, but how long have you had the page and how'd you start? Yeah. So I actually started in December of 2019. So I've been at it over a year, probably about a year and like four months now. Um, you know, I just, I was, I was reading all the financial blogs and learning about, you know, finance through YouTube and you know, I just really love personal finance and I started teaching my friends and family about it. And I started realizing that, you know, I could reach a huge audience if I just posted on YouTube or Instagram. But at the time, TikTok was kind of growing and, and gaining popularity. So I was like, you know, I'm going to start posting videos on TikTok. I was one of like maybe four or five on TikTok that I was teaching personal finance. It was like me, Humphrey Yang, um, you know, maybe a few others on there. But yeah, so I just kind of got in early. I started posting consistently, uh, you know, five to seven videos a week just on personal finance. And obviously there's a thirst for financial education in that space. And it's just taken off since it's it's been unbelievable. Yeah, that's incredible. It's incredible to see that growth happen so quickly. And you, you talk about personal finance on your page and all your uh, all of your videos are very, very helpful and, and very relatable. And I wanted to ask you sort of, since you've been the teacher for so many people, I wanted to ask you like how you learned and do you have any resources that you sort of look for to learn about financial education? Yeah, well, the funny thing is, is that I graduated college as a finance major. Like I, I got a finance degree. And what I realized is I didn't take a single personal finance class while in college which was crazy to me because if if you know finance majors are not learning personal finance I can guarantee no one else is learning about personal finance so that's why I was like okay there is definitely a, a gap in the education system that's why I originally started um, consuming the content myself I started listening to podcasts um, you know I started reaching into bigger pockets there's so many resources out there I can name some more like rich dad poor dad obviously was a huge catalyst for me um, yeah, like choose FI. I don't know if you've heard of them as well. They're a great podcast, but yeah, so many, so many just podcasts, YouTube videos. I know Graham Stephan is a huge, uh, popular content creator, but I just consumed everything really. So, and that's, you know, once I started learning more about it, that's when I took it upon myself to start teaching others. You know, I didn't want to scold the education system. Like, why aren't you guys teaching financial literacy? You know, I'll just do it myself. You know, if you guys aren't going to teach it, I'll <laughs> teach it myself. So that's kind of the mentality I have behind it. Yeah. I definitely go for some of the scolding myself. I think the, I think it's just really lackluster, the financial education. I have a, fi I have a finance major as well. And I'm just taking my very first finance course, like uh, for personal finance in my senior year, my last semester, and it's an elective. So, I mean, that's just, 
Yeah, that's just pretty inexcusable in my opinion, but crazy. And and right. it's just it's it's amazing how it's it's not taught and again, if they're not teaching finance majors, personal finance, they're definitely not teaching anyone else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's yeah, it depends how you look at it. I mean, the, the education system is lagging. But like you said, I mean, you're one of the resources for people who, who didn't get that education in school. So beyond school, it is up to each and every one of us. But uh, so you're a big kind of influencer, I would say, within TikTok. What are your like top three other pages within the finance niche on TikTok that you like? Yeah, and it's funny because... When I started, I was just like, okay, like who am I to be telling someone what to do with their money? But um, yeah, it's, it's come a long way. Obviously, I'm very fortunate about that. But I mean, I definitely think Humphrey Yang was one of my big inspirations uh, going forward. You know, he was posting at the time, he was posting like one every single day. And I was like, wow, man, if I could be like him. And he, he reached a million followers pretty quickly. Um, but I also want to shout out Dr. Brad Klontz. He is a huge financial educator in the game. He talks about financial psychology because everyone knows, you know, you should be budgeting, you should be investing, but no one does it. So like the psychology behind it that he researches is just super interesting to me. And, um, the last one I'll give a shout out to is my actual co-host on our podcast is Ryan, the money CEO. He is a shoot. He's a straight shooter. He teaches everything, um, you know, financial independence, you know, car buying or home buying, you know, just so many examples that he gives is, is just really uh, beneficial. So them three for sure are definitely my favorite. Yeah, those are, those are great pages. I, I follow quite a few of those as well. And um, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about like, how has you growing up on, on TikTok? Uh, sort of like change your life or has it any in any way from 10k to 100k to almost to a million has has that changed at all for you has your view of it changed yeah and when again when I first started I love that you guys are kind of diving into this because it's it's fun sharing the story of of how you know this all came about but when I first started I just wanted to help people and I didn't really think of this as a business you know some people get into it like wanting to create a business I didn't even think of it as that. I was just like, I wanted to help friends and family. And if I could help, you know, one extra person online, you know, that'd be great too. So, um, you know, when I first got my first 10,000 followers, I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is like, I don't even know 10,000 people in real life. Like this is insane. <laughs> Sam can relate to that. That's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, dude. And you, I, I promise you, Sam, you're just scratching the surface from, you know, where your potential is. And I know it's it's going to keep growing as the, you know, financial education wave keeps growing. But um, yeah, it's almost it's almost like you're always playing that imposter syndrome. Like, okay, I have almost a million followers now. Like I'm some, I'm in like an elite tier, you know, because I have almost a million followers. And I just feel like a normal person at the end of the day. So it's just... I don't know. It's 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 kind of a weird feeling, but again, I'm I'm super you know blessed and fortunate for this uh, community that I've become. So right, right, right. Have you ever had someone like you know just walk by you on the street? Hey, you're that guy from TikTok. Ever had that? <laughs> so nothing like randomly on the street before, but I did. Um, so I was hanging out with a friend one time, and one of their friends was like, "Hey, like I've been on TikTok. I saw this guy, and he said that I should get a credit card to like boost my credit score." And she showed him the video and he was like, 
that's my friend John. Like, wait, wait, you don't know him at all, but you're showing me him. Like, it was so it was like a cool little um, friend of a friend thing that you know didn't know who I was, but yeah, it's just cool. And the connections you make, I think, are the biggest are the biggest thing with TikTok, YouTube, any social media. The connections and the community you make are just amazing. You know, it's 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 really, you know, it really takes you to another level when you can talk to so many different people, so many high value people. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's pretty amazing to hear. And uh, I, and I'm asking these questions, you know, sort of for our audience and sort of also for myself, because I haven't really divulged into that all that much. I've just been in the real estate and finance sphere before. And so Sam brought me on because we've been friends. So um, I've, I'm personally fortunate enough to start under and have a friend like Sam also who has 10,000 who, and he has friends like you who have almost a million. It's pretty incredible. And it goes to talk about like that connection and, the, and that sphere that you're, that you're talking about. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's, it's the, the connections you make. And, and when you start seeing other people doing amazing things, that just gets you even more motivated to keep doing these, these types of things for sure. And, yeah, I love it. Yeah, exactly. So so let's switch over to kind of the investing side of it. So what kind of markets, industries, or, or anything like that do you have kind of close eyes on? And, and do you think the game of investing will change much in the next 10 years or five years? Or, or what kind of horizon you think? Well, it's funny because investing really has become a game with, with Robin Hood and you know, they'll celebrate different wins like, woohoo, you got a dividend or woohoo, like you just made 100% on this stock. And mm -hmm. so it really has become this type of gambling, almost game, gamification of investing. Um, obviously, there's that whole scandal that happened with it. But I think, you know, for the future of investing, I think it's only going to get more fast paced, more, um, you know, hype stocks like do GME, all this like craze with that. <laughs> it's just insane. <laughs> Like, the man have to go into that yeah <laughs> it's back up over two hundred dollars this is nuts <laughs> yeah so um you know i don't get into any of that i watch from the sidelines any of those hype stocks i usually just kind of you know stay back because i'm you know i'm in it for the long-term game and those are really just short-term short-term gains but as far as investing in general i really think you know crypto does have a space in investing in my mind you know i wouldn't put I wouldn't put all your eggs into Dogecoin, for example. I don't even touch Dogecoin actually, but you know, there are, I understand the exposure to crypto. If it's like, you know, two to 3% of your portfolio, that makes sense to me. Cause if it goes down to zero, you lose two to 3%, that's fine. But you're hoping to capitalize on those gains. Um, and then just one more thing I wanted to touch on besides crypto is, you know, just the renewable energies, I think is going to be a huge, it's going to play a huge role in the future, whether it's solar, wind, um, any of those, I think will be definitely usable in the future. Right. Do you think, do you think it's almost dangerous, this whole kind of gamification of investing that, you know, the, the digital age that is brought on between Robinhood and the easy interfaces and such like the easy use or like access to margin options, kind of pretty high level, uh, pretty abstract like concepts and, and tools and instruments. Do you think that's almost too dangerous for investing? It's, it's a great question because you know, you can take out Robinhood, you can you can take out margin on Robinhood, which is basically taking a loan 
to invest. Extremely risky to do that. You know, you can do you can do margin on Robinhood with just a few click of the buttons, and you automatically have access to five thousand dollars or whatever, which is kind of crazy. Um, if you think about it, if you go to get an actual loan, they'll take your credit score, they'll do a background check, things like that. So I think it does harm investors in, in some cases because they really don't know what they're getting into. They don't know the risks involved and they just think that all stocks go up. So obviously this is a good idea. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't work right, like that. Right. Um, but, but yeah. And I also wanted to touch on that when a market crash does happen and when all these over leveraged people get burned, how will they invest in the future? I feel like if, you know, if their life savings gets wiped out, they're going to be so afraid to invest in the future because they were too risky in the beginning. So I think that's where the real harm comes from is that long term they're going to be, um, they're not going to want to invest in the future. Yeah, definitely. And I think that can hurt a market for a much longer period of time than just a crash would. Um, I mean, after 2008, it took several years for people to even trust the market again. So with people that are getting such quick responses like they are now, I mean, it could definitely hurt the market. But you said you said maybe allocating 3% to crypto, and I agree with that. Um, but can you talk a little bit more about and the other percentages? Like how do you allocate your your portfolio, and do you hedge with anything, or do you just full bull invest in stock? Yeah, so I, I currently have... Obviously, I have a, a Roth IRA, and then I also have a, a company retirement plan. It's a 403B. Um, all of my retirement accounts are strictly in index funds, so 100% equities. Um, that's, you know, I'm going to keep it like that until I'm at least probably like 40. Um, but then my other, you know, portfolios, you know, I have a small percentage in crypto. Um, I also have a house that I'm house hacking. Um, it's a duplex. So that's like a large portion of my net worth as well. So, and we can definitely talk and talk about that too. Um, so it's, it's all about diversification. You know, I have index funds. I have a little bit of crypto. I have real estate. Um, I don't have any bonds though. I, I don't really, <laughs> I made a video about that. Like bonds aren't, aren't the greatest right now, but, um, and, and you said, do you have a hedge? You asked, um, I, I just have an emergency fund basically to, um, weather any storms that may come. So. Excellent. And I think that's something that a lot of people are missing out on. Um, uh, of course, it's not it's not best to be super cash heavy, but I think a lot of people are, are sort of over investing in themselves. So uh, that could pay off for them in the short run. But I'm, I'm sweating for those people when there's a market crash. <laughs> Absolutely. There's there, it's such a hot topic right now. Just everyone's going into 100 percent crypto. There's new coins popping up like every single day. Like there's a Pokemon coin. There is like <laughs> NFTs, dude. Oh my gosh. NFTs oh my, are yeah. the craze. How much did that one just sell for? Like $69 million. $69 million. <laughs> Crazy it's to nuts. me. It's nuts. And obviously, like, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't quite understand, like, the whole art scene itself, like, actual physical art or even, like, you know, Pokemon cards or baseball cards. Like, it really is just strictly the value that people put on something. And the fact that nfts are just taking off right now i'm just like so when are people gonna wake up and realize like this stuff may not even have value one day like i'm just curious like because it really is about what kind of value you put on it i mean it, it can be a thousand dollars to you or a million dollars to you and, and that's how it's priced 
Yeah, and and that's that's another reason why I try and limit myself to crypto because it's it's just a store of value, I guess, you know, until it has actual use. When I I get that Bitcoin, you know, is has some use and Ethereum also like can run a lot of um whatever cryptocurrencies. But like NFTs for an example, I, I just don't understand I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, too new into this. I'm sure we all are, but we're boomers. Yeah, <laughs> we're too old for this stuff. Now Gary V would be yelling at us that we don't understand NFTs yeah. right now. <laughs> but um, I, I just wanted to say that you know I would rather invest in something like real estate over over crypto, just because um, you know real estate has you know cash flow and appreciation. Like it's an actual business. It's an asset rather than just a store of value type of thing so well let's sit into that conversation because i always love talking about real estate that's sort of my wheelhouse i i wanted to ask you what you thought about real estate investing are there like certain facets of it that you do like don't like do you like flipping do you hate flipping um buy and hold rentals what do you think so i'm, I'm still pretty like i consider myself pretty like new to real estate investing i mean i I consume so much bigger pockets content. So I, you know, I love bigger pockets. Um, but yeah, I, I bought my house in July of 2020, right when, you know, COVID was rampant and all that. I bought my house then and I knew I wanted to buy a duplex because house hacking. And, and for the audience who may not know, house hacking is essentially buying a multi unit family or multi unit property living in one unit and renting out the other units. You can also house hack by the room. So if I had a four bedroom house, I could live in one bedroom and rent out the other. So it's a super efficient way to live very cheaply or even free in some cases. And you can build equity in the property. You can potentially get cash flow. You get a bunch of tax benefits. There's just, it's one of the best ways to build wealth as a young person in my, in my eyes. And that's why I did it. So I bought a duplex in July of 2020 and I rented, I'm living in the top unit and I'm renting out the bottom unit and it's been great. You know, I haven't had really many problems with it. It's more of the, um, what do they say? The real estate investing uh, with training wheels essentially is what house hacking is, you know? So that's how I kind of got started. And um, yeah, are you guys into investing in real estate at all? I am, that's like my primary way of investing. So I have two projects going right now. A rental and a flip so um, I, I want to get to the point where I'm doing you know maybe 10 to 15 flips a year and probably gaining two to three rentals a year um, I think house hacking is extremely efficient and something that um, for you if you are house hacking and you can get a couple hundred dollars of cash flow every month um, something that I suggest and that I've had clients do is to just pour that money back into paying the principal as long as you don't have early repayment uh, penalties on your loan and your loan officer would know that um, but what you can do is you can end up paying off your house and, or your duplex in about six, seven years. And then you have somebody else that's paid off, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar asset for you. So that's a huge jump to your wealth. And, and that's really interesting. And I'm glad that you do like real estate investing because it's something that I view as like so powerful. There's a reason 90% of millionaires became so through real estate. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I can't get into it just yet, unfortunately, because of my contract for work. I'm going to be traveling way too much. The hassle behind, you know, finding tenants, trying to basically manage it while I'm abroad or four or five hours away for trips. Um, kind of hard, but I do try and get some exposure through REITs. Um, 
as much as I can. Um, but yeah, not nothing yet. Hopefully, some to come. You know, after the three-year contract. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you know, people think real estate investing is only for the wealthy, but it's how people get wealthy. You know, that's just just the thing of it is. So yeah, that's why I love it. You know, I'm not as you know, I don't do flips like you do, Andrew. But it's definitely something I've considered. Uh, but it's just such a such a powerful way to build wealth as long as you're running the numbers, you know, you're you're well educated, you're buying good deals. Obviously, this housing market is crazy right now, as you guys probably know. But, um, you know, I wouldn't want to overpay for something that doesn't make sense. But, you know, real estate is just such a powerful way to build wealth. Right. And if you decide right. to get into that flipping sphere, I'm actually stepping into your market of in the next couple months. So hit me up and we can we can uh, partner up on a project soon. Dude, absolutely. Even, you know, we could just uh, grab a coffee or something, just chat, chat yeah, business, sure. you know, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So the benefits, so we talked about the benefits. What do you see as some of the cons possibly of house hacking? Yeah. And, and that's a good question. You know, sometimes bigger pockets get some hate because they only show the pros, um, but there are cons to real estate investing as with anything. You know, obviously you're in charge of the maintenance, all the repairs, all the capital expenditures that pop up with it. Uh, but again, it's it's you should plan for that. That's the thing. You know, you should have reserves. You know, you should never buy a house and drain all your savings. I always like to have at least ten thousand dollars in reserves for any capital expenditures that might come up with a house. Um, any other cons? I mean, not too many. I've never had to fix a toilet, thankfully. Um, I did. Oh, actually on one Friday night, I got called to uh, fix a garbage disposal. So I had my hand like in the garbage disposal trying to like fix the sink and all that. So that got a little bit dirty, but you know, I'm young. I, I can do things myself. I like to learn. I like to do projects myself. I actually replaced the floors in my house. Um, just things like that. You can really make it customizable. So I guess my only other con for real estate investing would be the liquidability. Is that a word? It's not a liquid <laughs> asset, basically. Right. So, um, it, it's you can't you know buy and then quickly sell. So, right. Do you did you have any trouble with tenant finding uh, possible kind of fallouts there? Um, anything along those lines? Yeah, yeah. Great question to bring up. I actually inherited my tenant, which some people say you know it can it can get nasty uh, if you inherit bad tenants. But before I actually inherited her. She, you know, I ran background check, credit check, did all my due diligence. And, you know, I was like, yeah, you seem like a great tenant. You pass all the checks. And so she just ended up staying in the bottom unit. So she had already been living there. And so, yeah, it, I know it, sometimes it can be hard to find tenants, but I haven't had a problem with that, thankfully. In the future, you know, I plan actually in the future, I plan to buy another either duplex or a fourplex. Hopefully we'll see how that happens. But you know, I, I plan to find tenants through either Facebook Marketplace or Zillow, things like that. So it's all about the preparation. I feel like a lot of a lot of the mistakes can be avoided through proper preparation. Um, but obviously you can't plan for anything. So. Right. And, uh, and you talk about that preparation and sort of like those background checks and the due diligence on tenants. And I think that's incredibly important. 
And obviously you can get the broad strokes from listening to other podcasts or other pages, but how did you learn like the nitty gritty, like how to exactly go about doing that, like running a background check on somebody, um, you know, getting the lease paperwork and things like that? Yeah, it, it can be intimidating just doing it by yourself. And obviously I tried to learn from podcasts and bigger pockets, but at the end of the day, you just kind of figure it out. You you put yourself in there and you might make some mistakes, but you, you just do the best you can. And because you learn from experiences, obviously, you know, you could tell someone, hey, go house hack a house. And that's a great idea. But until you actually do it, you're not going to understand it. Um, but I actually I was able to get a lease um, from biggerpockets.com. You know, they provide all those leases per state. It was like ninety nine dollars. I was like, all right, I don't have to do this work myself. I can just kind of right, right. I just yeah. So that's a that's a huge resource for me is is bigger pockets. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just learning from experience is, is the best thing. Right, and and you said that you'd like to get maybe a fl- a fourplex here in the future. Um, do you have like a longer sort of goal, like sort of timeline? Say in ten years, I want to have this many units. I want to have this much cash flow. I want to have you know, this many doors, this many complexes. Yeah, I think I would like to buy something every, you know, one to one and a half years. I'm hoping to honestly have 10 properties by, you know, 10 properties in 10 years, I think is definitely doable. And if they're all duplexes to quadplexes, you know, that could be 20 to 30 doors. So yeah, I don't have like a set goal, but if I have 10 properties, I will be happy. You know, I don't see myself doing like 1500 <laughs> units or like syndications or things like that. <laughs> right. You right. Know, as long as I have the cash flow, if I can get, you know, $500 per property, let's say you get 10 properties, you know, that's financial independence right there. So. Yep. Absolutely. And I think it's so powerful. That's why I love real estate investing. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess the one bigger goal is to become financially independent, however many doors or properties that takes. So, right. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. What uh, what kind of plans do you have for your social media pages? Uh, whether it's TikTok, do you plan on other types of platforms, or are you kind of focusing on on your big one? Yeah. So obviously, I spend like ninety percent of my time on TikTok. I just love it. I consume it the most. I create on it the most. But obviously, you know, TikTok could go away tomorrow. So I need to diversify my audience a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, I'm trying to get into the Instagram game. I've been posting every single day on Instagram for the past like month or two, trying to di- di- or trying to funnel my TikTok followers into Instagram. I've been posting on YouTube Shorts, so that's you know hopefully another maybe following to to start cultivating. <laughs> Um, and then I'm also, I guess the big thing is just kind of building my website, having that homepage and building a website is hard. I don't know if you guys have tried it before, but Very it's, hard. Like, it's so many like variables. There's just so much to do. <laughs> mine's so, mine's so basic. Like I have one actually, I tried designing it myself. Like I set up, I linked it to like my Instagram. So it auto updates, like the posts that I have in there. Uh, on one of the pages like i have my blog in there um <laughs> but like it's so much that it just kind of looks it looks kind of vague right now so i don't know i think i need to invest in someone <laughs> just to to set it up for me right, right. yeah mine mine's so simple i mean mine mine's basically well it's actually complex but the script is super simple 
It's uh, my website, andrew.homesearchlobal.com, is basically like Zillow, except for that you can send properties or questions straight to me from it. So the script was extremely easy for me. I could not imagine having to custom design everything. That's a huge, I'm sure it's a huge headache, but really rewarding in the end. Uh, I'm just curious, do you use like Squarespace? Do you guys both use Squarespace or what do you use? We have a website designer at my firm that makes all of our websites. So I was really fortunate in that I literally just had to pick colors. <laughs> like it was easy enough for me <laughs> and the my picture that's in the top left. So I got really lucky with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started on Wix. So that's still where it's at. Uh, I need to change that because I think Wix is just pretty basic right now. Um, we'll see how my growth is on Instagram. Um, I definitely should just pay someone to set it up for me and design it and then I can just manage it myself but <laughs> yeah I when I when I started trying to build out my website I was like oh I can just like kind of pick some templates and figure it out and now I'm, I'm putting in hours and hours of work into this and it still looks just super basic super like <laughs> bare bones I'm like geez yeah I, I might just need to pay someone to do this so that's kind of where I'm, I'm looking at. I'm trying to really build like an email list, hopefully, so I can get people's contacts. I've looked into, you know, text text message marketing where I can just send out mass texts like that. So I really do want to diversify my TikTok following um, just to connect with more people on different platforms. Right. I mean, email lists are huge. I. I need to start using mine a little bit, little bit. I, I don't have a huge one, but I do have some and I need to start using it. But yeah, kind of one of my side hustles is I copyright for uh, someone. And part of that is I basically send out emails to a mass list. Like I broadcast it to about 40,000 people. And it's whether it's like running an affiliate program or just value add in itself, kind of leaking to one of his YouTube videos or something like that. It's a, uh, it can be very useful and can make you a lot of money if you know how to kind of like itemize and monetize it. So, yeah. And, and you talk, you, you've said a couple of times like funneling your TikTok audience into other platforms. Where do you think that sort of like the future is for you it, besides TikTok? Like, where do you think you're going to find your best following? Your, I, I hate to say like most profitable, but like most valuable following in the future? Like, what platform do you see that on? Do you have any projects going on any of those sites, like on your websites that are in the future that we can maybe get a little insight into, like a little sneak peek? Yeah, well, you guys mentioned, yeah, I'm close to a million followers. So I actually have something uh, dropping for when once I hit a million followers is it'll be like kind of like a book or guide type of thing. 
uh, that I'll, I'll be giving out for people who are interested. And, you know, that way I can, you know, give them something in return for their email, hopefully build that community a little bit more. But uh, the book is all about, well, it's more like a guide, actually. It's really not even that long, but it's, it's, it's all the things that, you know, you wish you knew as a 16, it goes from 16 to 24 years old. So like 16, you're going to get a job, maybe buy a used reliable car. Okay. 17, you know, maybe you start applying for scholarships, things like that. And it goes all the way to 24 when you buy your first house hack, things like that. So that's kind of what I am prepared to, uh, job to my followers once I hit a million. So amazing. That sounds incredible. I'll, I'll be looking out for that for sure. I think that sounds amazing. Really cool concept. That I don't think I've heard about before. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, so kind much. of, kind of breaking it down between like, you know, years. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, kind of breaking it into like each year by year or whatever. Kind of, not not so much a checklist, but kind of, you know, I guess a to do list or something, or just ideas of a to do list in that playbook. It seems really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, I have this little mastermind group that I run with my friends, and their their biggest like I guess questions was like they didn't know what to do at what age. Like they kind of just heard all different bouncing ideas, and because there is so many different things going on it's it's almost that information overload where they just didn't do anything so if if there's too many things to do you end up just not doing anything so i kind of just break it down for people it's more actionable steps that um, can really hopefully help them in the future so do you think that's something that you'll update as you go forward like each year that you grow up you see you add in like something that you did that year that was really great for you that, yeah, I'm actually, I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, I do plan on upgrading, bringing out either new versions or hopefully turning it into like a full fledged ebook where I can start selling it as well. So, um, but yeah, you know, when I'm, you know, 25, 26, I can start adding stuff to the list. That's a really cool concept as well. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was 16, man, I think, I think the biggest thing when I was 16, that I wish I would have known is literally just what a custodial account was. Oh my gosh, I, I can't even <laughs> can't even fathom. If I knew what a custodial account was and I could explain it to my parents, oh, that would have been so nice. Yeah, I'm <laughs> missing out on all those gains, man. But know, that's the thing, you don't know what you don't you know. Don't. So yep. it's just, it's you just gotta move forward from here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think we're gonna do one last question here and then we'll probably wrap it up. So. We've talked about real estate. We've talked about stock market. You're really big into index investing. Um, so which one do you like better? Do you like stock market investing or do you like real estate investing more just based off where you're at right now? That is such a good question. I actually haven't I haven't heard that like try, kind of comparison. Well, what's better? Or what do you like better? But I definitely think Index fund investing is for the people who want to be hands off. They don't want to think about it. It's passive. You set it and forget it. And I think that's great for, you know, the majority of the population, to be honest. And I, I personally put my retirement funds in index funds. But, you know, moving forward, I really do want to focus heavily on real estate. I think that's how you become, you know, ultra wealthy, financially independent. You can set your own schedule and, I mean, it is it is less passive than index investing, but you know, I think I'd rather you know do a little bit more work to get to that finish line a little bit quicker. So you know, I plan to own multiple properties. I'm actually looking into getting my real estate license. I was talking to Andrew about it before the show, but 
Um, so I'm super excited to just dive into this huge world of, of real estate investing. So I'm going to pick real estate investing for this one. Just <laughs> <laughs> clapping his hands. That's what's yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that real estate's my favorite thing because, um, in my in my eyes, I think they go very well hand in hand with each other. Uh, index investing and real estate. I think real estate is a really a really great way to accelerate your wealth, to accelerate your income. You can add in. I mean, anybody can flip one or two houses a year or add a rental to their portfolio every year. Anybody can do that, and that can make you you know fifty thousand dollars or add five thousand dollars a year of cash flow so i mean that's really incredible and then you can funnel that money into index investing and watch that grow as well so it's a snowball man exactly exactly i think you're on a great path and i'm really glad that uh that you've had so much success on all these platforms and i'm excited for your future yeah thank you so much guys it's been a real pleasure coming on the podcast i love what you guys are doing and the free podcast is like the most genius name i've ever heard (laughs) Super awesome. That was Sam. That was Sam that came up with yeah. that one. I, I love it, dude. So I, I hope you guys, you know, hit a hundred episodes, honestly, because this is it's really fun. I hope to come back uh, like another time. That'd be sweet. Absolutely, too. we'd love to have you back. Uh, you know, next season, we'd definitely love to have you back. For sure. Yep, we'll have a refeature. Thanks for coming out, John. Thank appreciate you so much. It. Appreciate it.